You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Great. So um, we are in the month of Matthew, and I will be getting to the scripture of Matthew. But first of all, um, some of you may have heard a message I did a few uh, months ago now called Cultivating Intimacy. Um, And I'm sort of labeling this Cultivating Intimacy Part 2. Um, so we, um, we looked at how to, how to have a more intimate relationship with God, and we looked at things like prayer, we looked at um, trials, um, and I'm going to forget the second one, um, repentance. Um, and so this is kind of following on the theme of, of cultivating intimacy. But first of all, who loves a spa day? Anybody love a spa day? I'm talking steam rooms, saunas, uh, I'm talking lounges, I'm talking um, jets of water. Um, Who who loves? Yeah, there's a few people I have been to a spa with in this room, um, so you will appreciate that. Um, But a spa is is a place of retreat, a place of quiet. Um, and earlier this year, uh, for my birthday, my birthday was in January, the, the number one thing on my list was I wanted a spa day, a full spa day on my own. <laughs> I'd never done it before. Um, I don't know whether it was the Christmas crazy or the New Year crazy, um, but I, I had this sort of just, I just wanted to get away for a day. Um, and so I uh, was able to do that uh, and was really blessed by it. And I'd gone with a few few thoughts. I thought, I'm going to spend the morning just taking it in, enjoying all the, the different things you can do, the steam rooms and whatever. And then I'm going to have some lunch. And then I'd taken a book and a Bible with me for the afternoon. And so I, I got to the afternoon, and, and as I was walking back from lunch to the spa, to my lounger, um, I felt like God said, read Luke. Read the Gospel of Luke. And so I read a chapter, and then I went and did a little steam room, and then I came back and read another chapter, and then I went for a little swim. And this went on, and I realized a few chapters in, there was a bit of a theme. And it was this, Jesus quite liked getting away from people. Um, Now, he was going um, and, and having some time away, and I thought, I wonder if Jesus also would like a spa day. Um... And so as I read on, I was like, there is a, there's a rhythm to Jesus' life. He's not trying to get away from people. He's not trying to escape. But he'd been giving out a lot in his ministry. He'd been uh, busy in life. Um, and he was, he was retreating. He was spending time away, it says, in the wilderness or in lonely places. And that was a place to, to receive, to, to have that time with his father. And now I'd love to say that from my spa day, Jesus gave me a very clear word that I need to have regular spa days. Um, but I don't think Johnny or the bank balance is going to, uh, going to be very pleased about that. But it did begin this journey for me of, of um, a kind of a pilgrimage, kind of a, a seeking out God. What does it mean to, to, to go into these places, to retreat into the presence of God? And... Um, so we're going to look at um, some scriptures in a moment, but 
Really, the question is, why do we need to pray? Why do we need to spend this time with God? And we're going to look at some scriptures that you're going to be familiar familiar with. But you may have heard the phrase, we are, when we became Christians, we are in the world, but we are not of it. And there are many scriptures that talk about this, that when we became a Christian, we no longer called the world our home any longer. But our home became a deep sense of belonging to another place. That that place changed. And so you may be familiar with some of these. In John 17, 14 to 16, this is Jesus praying to his father about the disciples, about Jesus' disciples. And that includes us. If we've accepted Jesus into our life, we are called his disciples. So this is Jesus praying to the father. I have given them, your disciples, your word and the and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And in John 15, verse 19, it says, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, and that is why the world hates you. Romans 12, verse 2 says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And in Ephesians 4, it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, that is, its worldliness, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self. So once we were people of flesh, Now we're people of the Spirit, as it says in Romans 8. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the the things of flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And so we've been awakened by Jesus to... um, And so the world should no longer satisfy us. There should be a deep longing within us to be in communion with God. And he created us like that. It says that he set eternity in our hearts. So we've got this longing to to be with God, to be with him. So Paul talks about how now we're ambassadors. We are like a respected ambassador who is authorized to speak as God's emissary. We're here now to to represent his kingdom in this world. And so at our conversion, at the moment we said yes to Jesus, that home moved into the eternal realm with Christ, it says in Ephesians 2. And although we haven't physically been there, we haven't been to heaven, we haven't been to that spiritual realm ourselves, it says that we are citizens of heaven. That's just amazing. In Philippians 3, it says that. And I think Jesus, um, he, he wanted this connection with his homeland. He got homesick. And and I think that's why he withdrew often to pray, it says in the scriptures. I think of it like this. Who knows the cult 80s movie, E.T.? Anyone seen E.T.? He's going to, there he is, there he is. Now, in in Penrith, there was a few few sort of choking back of the tears as they remembered the sad story of uh, of E.T., but, but E.T. is, he's an alien that's kind of landed on Earth. He doesn't know where he is. There's some children that, that sort of get to know and, and try and help him to get home. But he, there's this moment in the film where he looks up at the window 
And he points out to the window and he says, home, phone, home. And the little girl says, E.T., phone home. And so what E.T. is trying to do, he's trying to say, I want to I get home, but I want to call home. And this is kind of what I think of when, when Jesus is going to his lonely places. He's calling home. He's saying, I want to call home. You see, he was in, uh, on the earth and he was in the will of God. He decided it was Father, Son, Holy Spirit decided long ago that he would come and he would dwell on earth. But he was still God and his home was still in heaven. He, his home was still with his Father. And in 1 Peter 2, it's several versions, describes uh, what we are like now. And it, it, it makes me laugh. But in the Amplified Version, it says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world. Um, I am not calling you all E.T., um, not in that sense. But uh, in the CV, it says you are foreigners and strangers on the earth. In the message, this is a great version. It says, friends, this world is not your home, so don't make yourself cozy in it. So we are strangers and foreigners and aliens in this land. And so we need to have that connection with home. A bit like E.T. And, and Jesus withdrawing to his lonely places. Prayer is that connection, home. And there's a mystery in this as well. We can't uh, totally get our heads around this. But let me explain it like this. Jesus came from the unseen he went back to the unseen. He sent his spirit to us from the unseen to dwell within us. So although we haven't been where he is, there is something that resonates within us about where, where Jesus is now. The Apostle Paul says that the Holy Spirit is the first installment, the pledge and a foretaste of our eternal salvation. So the unseen, the, the spiritual realm lives in us and our souls know it, that we're not part of this world any longer. And I don't know if you've ever felt this, you felt a bit out of kilter with what's going on around you, what's going on in the world. Maybe things that once seemed okay um, when you became a Christian, now they, now they don't. They, they seem to, to grate you. And I um, uh, remember this as a, a fairly young Christian. Um, I, I'd been a Christian for a couple of years and I was leaning into the things of God. Um, but I also had a group of friends who were um, who I'd known before I was a Christian, um, and I was still hanging out with them. And I'd just begun to realize that, that some of the things that we were doing as friends, that we were going out and partying, and it just started to not feel quite right anymore. That, that sort of, this is, this is wrong. I don't want to do this anymore. And so I had to make some really difficult decisions that actually if I was going to follow God, if I was going to follow his way, then I was going to have to leave that behind. And that's the difference of feeling not really part of this world anymore, that you know that there's something else. So what does prayer do? We're talking about the need to have this connection with God, the need to retreat to places. But what does prayer do? And we could cover, we could cover this question in a series, you know, spanning many weeks but ultimately, I think if you, if you reduce this down to one sentence, to one thing, ultimately, it's the relationship with our creator. That is what prayer is about. It's about the relationship that we have with him. And I just, I've got this in capital letters in my notes because I think it's so important. But how amazing is that? Just take a moment and just think, we are invited 
daily, hourly, to into a relationship with the creator God, the God who loves us, who died for us. And I don't think we can, you, you can't move on from that without going, wow, that is amazing. That is prayer. Prayer is an invitation to us into a relationship with God. And we can receive so many things in that time. And this is not exhaustive by any means, but there's just a few things. Things like it gives us more of a hunger for him, a more of a hunger for God. It focuses our calling and, and, and t- lets us know what's important to God, what's important to him. It purifies us. It purifies our motives and our character, and it changes us for the better. It clarifies situations, things that we're going through, difficulties. It gives us a heavenly perspective on those things. And it equips and empowers us for life and for the mission that God has called us to. And I don't think anyone can come into the presence of God in prayer, seeking him, communing with him, and come out the same. And isn't that our our prayer, that we would spend time with him and let no one... No one has life totally sorted. I know I don't. Does anybody else have life sorted? But um, we all go through things, things like, um, you know, the world can get us down, responsibilities that would overwhelm us, people who've hurt us, situations that disappoint us. But we can bring these things to God in prayer and he can strengthen us. He can sustain us. It says in Psalms, surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. And so he, he sustains us in those times of prayer in, in connection with him by his presence, with his word, with his love, with his kindness. Um, and so when life gets too much, escaping isn't the answer. And I think sometimes, you know, that spa day may have been a bit a bit much, a bit like me escaping, but it's not the answer. God is calling us to rest in him, to rest in his presence, and he gives us all that we need. So finally, we're going to turn to our Matthew scripture of today, and that is Matthew 6, verses 5 to 13, and we're going to sort of hone in on a few of them. So it says, In Matthew 6, verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, For they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. And you'll all know, um, I'm sure, the the, um, Lord's Prayer. Um, But we're going to read those scriptures in the message version. Because when we unpack this, it helps to to see sort of some other words that, that this version uses. So it says... In the message version, when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production. All these people making a regular show of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Be there as simply and as honestly as you can manage. And the focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. 
The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. Ouch. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. So this is um, a great scripture, and obviously Jesus goes on to teach what to pray, and that's the Lord's Prayer, and I encourage you to go away and read that. But there's a foundation, there's a sort of a, a preparation that Jesus is, is teaching about. It's a place of intentionality. And so the first thing I want to look at is that he's inviting us, Jesus is inviting us to the still place, the still place. It says in verse 7 that um, they're not to come babbling like pagans, not to come with your many words. It says about peddling techniques. That's, that, that talks of coercing and, 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 and talking too much. This is where God is saying to come simply, to come as you are. It's a place to listen more than to speak. And you'll all know that psalm, be still and know that I am God. This is an invitation to slow down, to escape the noise, to switch off from doing to just being. And it's about adjusting to the environment. It's like how your eyes gradually adjust in the dark. You know, when you come into a dark room, it looks pitch black. And then as your eyes adjust, you start to see things in the room. It's about acclimatizing to that environment. I'm coming into this space with God. It's not chattering on about our needs, but recognizing it's, it's his presence that we are coming into. So the still place. The second thing is that we're being invited into the unseen place. And this is the holy moment. And we've already talked about how there is an unseen, there's a spiritual connection when we become a Christian, that there is this, this real deep spiritual connection that we're invited into. And it says about being, um, going into your room, closing the door and praying to your father who is unseen. It says about the focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. And this holy moment is really where heaven touches earth. It's a really, really special moment. And there's a story, um, I don't know if some of you may know who Smith Wigglesworth was. He was um, a British evangelist. He was well known for um, carrying out miracles and healings. He, he raised people from the dead. He was an incredible man and an, has left an incredible testimony of what he's done. But there are some friends of Smith Wigglesworth who said of him that when he used to, they used to join him in prayer, deep prayer, that he would, he would transform. And they said this of him, Smith would leave himself and enter a different realm in his sincere communion with the Lord. Wow. (laughs) Wow. That he would leave himself in that moment, that he would have such a deep connection with God, that um, that he he would leave himself. And this is what we're invited into in the unseen place, a deep connection with God in those places. And the third one is the secret place the secret place. And this is the physical room that we're making. We're, we're looking, it says in the scripture, to find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. 
And this is important to find where is your place. I don't know about you, but, but um, there are a lot of distractions um, in this world, a lot of things vying for our attention. And to find that place, you know, maybe that is a room for you. Maybe that's a room in your home. Maybe that's a room somewhere else. Maybe it's going for a walk and not getting distracted by the things around you. But if Jesus needed to find a secluded place, if he needed to find somewhere and carve out that time to be refreshed, then how much more do we need to do that as well? So find your secret place. There were people of faith that did amazing things for God, and they had places that they retreated to. Just to mention just a few, but Moses met in the tabernacle, the tent of meeting. That was his place to meet with God. Jesus went to his lonely wilderness places. Smith Wigglesworth had a prayer chamber. So my encouragement is to you is find your place. Find that, that place where you can be intimate with God, where you can come um, and have that connection in prayer with him. And then a bit further down, just down from that scripture that we read, I find it really interesting that um, we finish with how, how God's saying to find a place, now find a room. And if you look at the original scripture for that, the original language actually uses something that means an inner room or a storeroom. And when you look a bit further down in the scripture, it talks about storing up for yourself treasures in heaven. And I just love that, that we're called to, we're, we're spending time with God in our inner room, in our storeroom, where we can store up amazing treasures that God wants to impart to us. And so before we, we sort of respond to this, um, I understand that for some people, praying is a big thing. It's the kind of one of those things where you think, I don't know where to start. If you've maybe, you, you do it, but you, you're not sure like if you're doing it right or, or you know, how, how do you start? And um, this is a really good um, thing that I've, I've found and, you know, I've, I've been praying, but this has helped to focus in those prayer times. But uh, there's um, a guy called Pete Gregg, who some of you will know, who leads the 24-7 prayer movement. And they are passionate about getting people praying, praying a lot, praying fervently, praying, praying passionately. And he says this about prayer. Three things. Keep it simple keep it real, and keep it up. And I think that is just such good advice. And there are many apps out there, many things that you can find, like the Lectio 365 prayer app, which helps you through guided prayer. But there will be seasons in your life where one thing will work one time and, one, and then you need to change it up. But I encourage you, talk to someone about your prayer life. Talk to someone about your place. And, and let's hold each other accountable for really pressing in to the presence of God. I know for me, I've, I've prayed, you know, all my Christian life. But this year, when God has really spoken to me about finding these times, these precious, intimate times, I've, I've not always felt his presence as strongly as Smith Wigglesworth, but I found a rest for the soul. And I, I now, when the, those first times of trying to pray on a really regular basis, maybe was hard and didn't know what to come with and maybe don't know the words to say, but now, now it's a priority. Now I've, I've begun to realize that these times and these places in the presence of God are so refreshing and they're essential for that connection with our Heavenly Father. So I just want to give us some space to respond to this. 
And um, we're going to sing a, a song in a moment called Make Room, which just fits <laughs> so well with this message. But I want you to think, I want you to, to spend some time with God. Commit now with him. You're going to find your place. Where is that space for you? Where can you carve it out in your, in your week? Where is the place? What rhythm can you put in your life that, that is going, going to God on a regular occasion? We can pray on our every day. We can pray walking down the street, and that is great, and God wants that. He wants that continual connection. But there's something about coming into that intimate space, away from distractions, to really, really connect with him. Is that okay? Great. So why don't we stand to our feet? Just spend some time committing to God that, you know, just say to him, you know, I just want more of you, God. I want to know you more. I want to spend more time in your presence. Show me, God. And, and just commit to do that this coming week. And let's worship together. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk Influence Church, empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God.